Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. Welcome to Anachronismo, uh, we're a historical comedy podcast where we find strange parts of history and then make jokes about them. That's pretty much the elevator pitch. I'm Max. I'm Jackie. I'm Noel. Have any of you heard of us at all? Those two, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fiance, best friend. Great. So, to clarify the record from uh, our introduction, yeah. I mean, we're the best yeah. Boston yeah. history podcast. I believe that we won that by being the only... Boston-based history podcast. Know, the only so. Boston-based historical comedy podcast. There are so many Boston-based history podcasts. Okay. Do you know right. how many colleges we have here? No. So tell, many. Tell me, Max. I don't know, man. I lost right. count. Uh, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so tonight we're going to be bringing you two stories and then making jokes about them as we go in 30 minutes. Uh, and for reference, our show usually runs about an hour, so with still two stories. So it's going to be high-octane. Uh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. I just finished eating a burger in front of all of you, and I have mixed emotions about that. Uh, but not lucky, hunger, not so. hunger. So that's that's the important one that I've avoided. So, Noel, what are, what story are you going to be uh, reading with us tonight? Uh, I'm going to be talking about the origin of uh, barbershop poles, those little red and white spinny poles you see outside of barbershops, mm. because I learned so much more about them than I thought I would. They're a fascinating subject, Noel. Yes. Yes. Wait, you know about them already? I know a bit. I know just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> to think you know, but not know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. enough to really bother someone at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'll be talking about the Great Seattle Fire, which is super interesting. So I'm going to try really hard to get through it. Oh, yeah. That is that is not a short topic. I I just love it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Noel, why don't you take us away? Okay. So I arrived... On, normally, when I look up a story for Anachronismo, if I can pull the curtains behind the show, it's usually four hours before the show. Mm. I desperately go onto Wikipedia and try to find something of any interest. No, I've done <laughs> so much research. I know, and that's why you're so much better at me than <laughs> I have. It's, it's not that big of a difference. Uh, yeah. So have you found a newfound respect for me then? <laughs> In a way. Okay. More of a like, shame for myself. Um, but this is one story I looked up from a truly organic origin for wanting to look this up because I went to my barber a few weeks ago and I saw the pole outside of his establishment and I was like, man, I, like, what is the story? Like, when did these things first show up? And my... Barber you know, could not tell you. No, I didn't ask him. <laughs> no how much you bothered him, you followed him home. He, he should have been the first source that I asked for information about this, <laughs> but I didn't even talk to him at all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my my guess because it's you know it's motorized and it has this like uh, almost like hypnotic look to it because of the spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I would have guessed it was a mid nineteenth century or to early nineteenth century construct. And if you want to guess. With, you can use it with your fingers. How many centuries I was off? Six. No, wait. Hold on. Five. All right. We got five. We got... Okay. Always good to ask us to do things with our hands for a podcast. Yes. 
ja- let the record show Jackie held up five fingers, okay. and Max is going to follow this so up your with... your estimate was the 1800s? Yes. I estimate 300 years off. Okay, well, Jackie at five fingers is much closer. It actually goes back to the 12th century. Oh. It is, it is so much older than I would ever give it credit for. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to dive into the history of barbers because they were a lot... They were different people in the 12th century by huge, huge. stretches of the imagination. Oh, yeah, um, and by huge stretches of amputated flesh. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> really spoil everything. I, I guess so Because you're so smart with that big brain on your head. I'm just very, <laughs> I just had a very lonely first 25 years of life. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. <laughs> it sounds like you're blaming Kate for that. It took you that long to find me. Um, so, um, so back in, uh, you know, mm. even earlier than the 12th century, but this is where it started to um, really, uh, barbers started to take off in their practice, was that barbers were actually allowed to assist physicians, monks, and priests in a variety of um, minor surgeries. Like, they could do minor surgeries, they could pull teeth, and because they were so good with scissors from cutting hair, they were allowed to do the um, medieval practice of bloodletting, which mm-hmm. was basically this idea that if you're feeling sick, just let some blood out and you'll be better. And so one of the first things I, I stumbled upon was why barbers got beyond the capacity of you know being slightly adept at sharp instruments. Mm-hmm. Do you know how barbers really got involved in this practice? I imagine they cut off somebody's ears and then they were like, hey, that wasn't that hard. They have well, chairs you are- that are good for strapping people down in. Mm. Wow. Both absolutely wrong. <laughs> Shave and a haircut. Man, no it's blood. almost like Wild Conjectures has no place for a history-based podcast. No, they- <laughs> Have you listened to our show? No. <laughs> Um, no, the the reason that they were is that so monks and priests uh, at this time followed something called the um, tonsure or tonsure, uh-huh. which was a religious and hygienic practice for them being bald. So yeah. the historical depiction of a monk being bald, yeah, with that donut shape, yeah, was yeah. because their hair was cut. So that means that special almost, bond with the barber. <laughs> yes, almost every or monastery had a joined barber in practice, which to me was like the the idea of like a. You know how they have like those killer sharks that have those like bottom feeding fish that like oh, yeah. kind of that kind of keep them clean. And in this one, the the bar the bottom feeding fish is the barber. Yeah, because those monks could excommunicate you, just like a shark can. Just like a shark, <laughs> the holy um, shark as we know it. Yeah. So yeah, that that's actually how this like kind of um, dynamic really started to come into place is that barbers would be at monasteries. Priests and monks would be allowed to perform these surgeries or bloodlettings. And so they started to eat the scraps. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Barbers would drink the blood off the floor. Yes. And again, more powerful, more able to wield scissors, Mm -hmm. sing with more beautiful voices as it massaged their vocal cords. History. Also where the Gregorian chant came from. Undisputable history right here. Um, Yeah. So that's actually where it all came from. But actually... If you if you did listen to our podcast, we talked about the origins of the barbershop quartet a few weeks ago. It came, okay, that came up briefly. In yeah, and you thought I was crazy because I was just like, "Well, barbershop quartets didn't come up till the 19th century." To be fair, I wasn't paying attention because I was and, trying to look up violin concertos. Hey, listen. To be fair, part of my bias for when barbershop uh-huh. poles came into existence yeah. were 
when barbershop quartets came into existence. So And they needed something to sing on. Yeah, yeah we were both wrong. Um so <laughs> um so barbers actually um so one of the things that started to put barbers into a more prominent role in um surgeries and minor physician visits, I guess, yeah. uh was the eleven sixty three Council of Tours where at the time, uh, Pope Alexander III actually put a ban from the clergy actually being able to do any form of surgery that involved blood. Um, I can. What's up, Max? Yeah, actually, uh, fun fact, sidebar, the clergy weren't allowed to shed blood at all, which is why you see so many depictions of medieval battle priests with maces. Because technically... <laughs> it's crushing, not It's bleeding. crushing, not cutting. <laughs> totally legal. And yes... You can trick God with that. <laughs> he doesn't know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the thing that really uh, legitimized priests mm-hmm. as mace-wielding murder machines uh, was this ban of them being able to perform any form of surgery that involved uh, of cutting of any sort. Yeah, and not so- allowed to cut hair either. Um, and so at this time, it was interesting because, uh, you know, today we think of like physicians and surgeons as being sort of a, you know, one in the same type role uh, mm-hmm. in many cases. But in this time, physicians and surgeons were their own separate classes. It was actually funny that in reading up on barbershop polls, I learned so much more. So that- where's the barbershop poll come in? Oh, I totally forgot to bring that up in my story about barbershop <laughs> polls, Max. wasn't like I was totally building to that. I, I'm glad I caught you when you fell. I'm providing some historical context. Okay, okay. So physicians actually um, were separated from uh, surgeons because physicians at this time actually were considered to be above surgery. A lot of them actually found roles as being more involved just in the purely academic sense, or they would get roles treating a noble or royal family um, and just sort of coast by on that. So surgery was actually considered sort of a a lower form of um, medical treatment. And so that's actually what allowed barbers who, you know, beyond the old shave and a haircut, allowed them to actually get into the practice of pulling teeth, doing surgery, cutting people and letting some of their blood drain out, throwing leeches on like... They, they just reaching into a bucket and seeing how many stick. It, no, honestly, it was sort of them getting a little bit above their station, like lower than a physician, but higher than just a uh, someone just for like grooming or some like hygienic role of actually being able to perform these types of surgeries. So um, even in uh, so 1163 is when the ban goes on bloodletting for right. the clergy. But even by to maces, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can't cut hair with a mace. God knows I've tried. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll talk about this after. But in uh, twelve ten, uh, premier uh, doctors' academies they began to separate these positions into academic surgeons. Uh, who were called surgeon of the long robe and um, barber surgeons who were called academics of the short robe. Um, to not get the blood on the bottom? I don't know. Uh, that's the only reason. I, only I didn't, possible reason. I, I'll, full disclosure, I didn't even think about why they would pick the different robe length, but maybe that's it. Maybe barbers were just prouder of their knees. 
Maybe everyone should leave the room tonight knowing this unverified fact and accepting it as truth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so uh, this is actually when um, barbers stepped into this role of like barber surgeon where they were for all these kind of minor um, medical practices that physicians considered above them. Um, I had one source that read like, the idea of bloodletting would be tantamount to a doctor prescribing something like an over-the-counter medicine like Advil. Yeah. It was just totally beneath them. And so barbers just picked it up in sort of their jack-of-all-trades kind of um, three to four century period. So let's talk about the barber pole because that's what you were haranguing me about. I simply for- must know all. You've promised these 30-some-odd people to, to know all about these poles. Okay, so so bloodletting at this time is a common, almost tantamount to like if you are if you were sick, you like with a sore throat or with a lingering headache, you might go get a bloodletting. But also there was a sense that even if you were to like yearly like people get a physical, it was almost treated like that. Like hey, like billboards <laughs> like saying like hey, when was the last time you had your blood let? Uh, make an appointment <laughs> today. So. People would go to these barbers to, you know, just get this done if they were sick or if they were just like, you know, I should do that to not be sick. Mm-hmm. So the first iteration of the barber pole, literally just bowls of blood that barbers would put at the front of their windows <laughs> to advertise their service. They literally just were like, listen, we know bloodletting. See how much blood we collected in this bowl? And it's all fresh. It hasn't congealed at all. Yeah. That's how oh. you know you can trust us. Yeah. Oh, so And it's like the barber who's not doing well is buying chickens on the on the <laughs> side. And everyone Just, can tell because it's thinner. It's different. Yeah. yeah. Everyone different. can tell the chicken blood. It's... Uh, why even bother at that point? Um, so, finally, it's apparently... It's like the fake Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> so... Finally, a law, I believe this was in modern-day England, that a rule came by that this one law that the exact decree was, no barbers shall be so bold or so hardy as to put blood in their window. Hardy. 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 Of Mm. character? (laughs) I don't know. But, um, yeah, apparently that was the law that they just couldn't put blood out uh, in bowls. But Why? (laughs) Why couldn't they put blood out in bowls? What problem could anyone have with that? <laughs> I didn't research that part. Uh, we'll just have to speculate. Listen, I... Butchers I, getting jealous for their blood pudding. Too many flies. Dogs in the neighborhood starting a rowdy ruckus. Kids stepping in it by accident and making Vam- bloody footprints everywhere. Vampires coming in for an early meal and tripping and falling in it and it gets all over their face. And it's then- now impossible to solve murders because there's so many bloody footprints around. <laughs> None of those. Uh, I can't verify any one of those, but I do like the multiple kids just stepping into blood, like off the ground too, blood bowls full of blood and just leaving footprints all over the place of murder scenes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Big old blood galoshes. <laughs> no, so the the bowls were out. So they moved on to another thing. So bloodletting procedure, they they cut you, they let out only so much blood mm-hmm. um because that's I don't know how I don't know how they figure they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's a good a summary. Did he die? It? I guess it was the sickness. So, we should have. We just couldn't let out enough blood. Mm-hmm. So once they moved beyond, <laughs> once they moved beyond bowls, 
the next thing they moved on to was the actual cylinders. No, no, <laughs> no. That's the third phase. The second phase was that they took the rags that were white. They stemmed the blood from the bloodletting, and they would hang them outside of their stores <laughs> like flags. To advertise their bloodletting service. Crusty brown flags. Well, not if it's a good one. That's our new podcast name. We've rebranded officially as Anachronismo to Crusty Crusty Blood Flags. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter. Um, So I I, I don't know exactly when the law kind of came down that you can't do that either. (laughs) I couldn't read the specific transition, but this is where the barbershop poll first started. Um, It was after the blood bowls, after the bloody rags hung out like flagpoles, Mm -hmm. that they they took the same um, symbol of white for the cloth, of red stripes for blood vessels, and you want to guess where the poll came from? Uh, uh, my only oh, time not having ooh. a guess. Oh, oh, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you can't edit this out, Max. All the time it takes you to guess my hypothetical questions. I was trying to give Jackie the first guess. <laughs> oh, how noble. I would have time to come up with a second guess. <laughs> how uh, noble. I uh, am going to guess how tall the barber was. Because oh. you can't let somebody's blood if they're bigger than you. No. So stop. No. Them. No. Their body will rebel. No, that's not gonna true. Look, I'm going to try and let your blood. And we're just no. gonna see how it goes. No, that's okay, not true. On, me... That's stop. Okay, stop. Uh... You're gonna reach for your straw from your tasty burger cup and cut my veins with it. See and dude, the... did you finish that? <laughs> Are you gonna put that straw back in? <laughs> I didn't think that far ahead. Oh, yep. oh. Okay. Well, that's Max's non-guess. Uh, <laughs> Jackie, let's move on to you. Oh God! I they melted down all their metal bowls and turned them into metal poles. No, I, I can't say either guess was closer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fine, Max. I'm going to refute you because you know what the world's tallest barber pole is by today's standards. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's I'm taller than a, a person's height. We have height. a time limit. Uh, seventy-two feet. <laughs> That's one tall barber. That's yeah, funny. one tall man that they cut with a tasty burger that was straw. All bunions, barber. <laughs> Paul Bunyan, always pictured as having immaculately groomed beard. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, No. So the the barbershop pole is actually because during bloodletting, you would actually grab onto a pole to grip it as hard as possible for your veins to stand out for them to be uh, cut more efficiently, which is horrible. But it became the origin of the barbershop pole. It is this the white pole, mm-hmm. uh, the pole for bloodletting, yeah. the right, uh, red stripes, yeah. um, the blue stripes that you see in um, in a lot of uh, the United States Brain are fluid. Ca- it's because people cry when they're bleeding. Spoiler: No, there, there. I can actually find the source of any blue stripes. Yeah. Some argue that it's uh, was just uh, patriotism. It was like just copied from mm-hmm. the flag. Others mm-hmm. argue that it's the deoxygenated blood vessels. That's not actually, which a seems a little thing. bit above the medieval it's uh, just people. Light just refracting to yeah, skin. yeah. No, so um, yeah. So that that is the origin. It is a medieval construct, just an advertisement for you know a lot of the medieval towns that were not fully literate. It, sure. let's say sure. that it was just white and red for hey we'll let out your blood and cure you <laughs> i like that barbers were about all about just taking things away hair yeah. blood teeth mm-hmm. is there anything they wouldn't take uh shit from people 
Don't hit. Don't hit me with your elbow. Ow, stop. Approve of me. <laughs> Maybe. <Fine. laughs> Jackie, tell us about this Great Seattle Fire. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm going to make it real fast. Um, so the Great Seattle Fire was a fire that destroyed the entire central business district of Seattle, Washington in, on June 6, 1889. So Seattle at the time, it was, it was just settled in 1850, and it was very big for the logging industry, surrounded by woods. Timber was everything. So it was cheap and available. So it became a distribution center. Basically, they would export timber and everything was made of wood because it was cheap and it was there. Nature's safe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cheap, they're flammable. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's the message on that. It's three great tastes <laughs> that go great together. Seattle's old motto. <laughs> like peanut butter, jelly, and bread. <laughs> you need the bread. You do, but it goes unset. Does, uh, well, now I'm singing the unsung hero. <laughs> so Seattle also had this issue where it was constantly flooding because it was um, it was built at or below sea level. So they had a lot of problems going on. Hmm. So on June 6th, 1889, 2.45 in the afternoon. Something good happened. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone had a big slice of pie and went home with a full belly. There was a man named Jack who was working in a cabinet shop. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be minding a pot of glue that was boiling over a gasoline fire. Oh, no. And he was not paying <laughs> suspense. What and happened? he was on Reddit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and a barber came in and stole all his blood and used it to paint the town red. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought it was a fire. He was described as a uh, a tall, sturdy man of mediocre intelligence, according to the newspaper article that sounds, I read. From, sounds generous. From, yeah. from his co-worker called him that. He'd need a big barber. Yeah. So this pot of glue boils over and catches on fire, and then it lands on the floor of this shop that is covered in wood chips and turpentine. So it just... It just Big in flames, and he decides to throw water on it to put the fire out. But this is this is not one of those fires that goes out from water. So he just ended up spreading it further. Um, so everyone runs out because it just it just came so smoky. So everyone runs out of the building, and then it lights the store above on fire. That's a paint store, also oh, very no. And above that was a gasoline store, (laughs) and then a fireworks store, and then a napalm store. Yeah, yeah. So the fire, the fire spreads. It takes over a liquor store next. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) The liquor. I was this close. Very close. Very close. The liquor store explodes. (laughs) Next to it was the pure oxygen store. Next to it was a saloon that burned down. Okay. Next to that was another saloon that burned also down. burned down. Well, this is like a, this they is like, were in competition. Yeah. This yeah. is like a big game of dominoes. <laughs> oh, okay, so th- wood was everywhere in Seattle. So they actually made some of their water pipes out, out of wood. wood. Um, Thinking ahead. So a few of them did burn the pipes. Anyway. They burned the water pipes down. <laughs> So the fire is <laughs> the fire is spreading and the fire chief is out of town in San Francisco at a fire so chief this. conference. <laughs> so <laughs> how do we keep our cities from not burning down? What's that conference's name? As soon as I'm back, I'll have the solution. <laughs> 
so it's it's chaos. And at the time, the water pipes are maintained by a private company, and there of are, arsonists. No, no, it's just a private company, and they're all they're on not, vacation. They're not great because the fire hydrants are there are not very many of yeah. them, and they're and all it, made of wood. They keep going. They keep going to work, and they all sweat gasoline. Oh. So everyone's trying to put this fire out and it just keeps spreading and spreading. They're destroying buildings to try and make blocks so that there's nothing for the fire to destroy and it stays contained. But it keep, the fire keeps jumping over these fire blocks and taking the next place. Ultimately, uh, 31 blocks are destroyed, just burned down. Um, Dang. Yeah. So uh, I was talking about the, the water company because the fire hydrants were so spread out, but the fire was everywhere. So they tried to use all of the fire hydrants at once, which just made the water pressure drop. <laughs> so they couldn't even use the hoses. Oh. It was just, it was so sad. Um, and the fire department at the time was entirely volunteer. Mm-hmm. And after the fire... And they were all, all out of town. <laughs> <laughs> they were all on a big uh, team building exercise. Oh. oh, man. But after the fire, almost the entire fire brigade quit because they were harassed too much for not putting the fire out. I get paid not enough for this. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and at the same time it was a uh, low tide so they couldn't even go to the sound <laughs> to get more water. So it was just like a perfect storm and it was it was a dry season. Uh-huh. Uh, unusually dry season. Yeah. It was just like the perfect storm for all of this devastation. So essentially the entire business district is just it's gone. But this was a perfect opportunity for them to do some um, urban planning. <laughs> Because they're constantly flooding. Yeah. Everything's made of wood and burnable. So this is the time to try again and to regrade the surface and bring up the level of the ground so they can stop the flooding. And they were also having an issue that the new flush toilets were around. And because yeah, because they all burned down? Well, before that. Oh, they were before, around or they weren't around? They were around. So this okay. is before the fire. Well, flush I, toilets, I rescind my burning comments. Yes. Flush toilets were the new thing. Yeah. And because of the way the tides worked that was connected to the pipes. That um, were now whenever, burned. Whenever, the, yeah, well, this was the issue they're trying to fix. Sure, sure, sure. So whenever there was high tide, your toilet would become a fountain. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> so... They figured, we have a clean slate, let's start over, we'll fix this. <laughs> That's, the toilet shouldn't pee on you. <laughs> Call me crazy. So they had they had two rules for the rebuilding. They were going to raise the streets and fill in the land. And the second rule was that they were going to build out of stone or brick. So you know how city planning works. And it just, it took very a very, very long time for them to agree to a plan for regrading. Oh my goodness. So the businesses start rebuilding because commerce waits for no one and everyone wants trees and we need... Business. Sure, sure, sure. So they rebuild before the streets get rebuilt. Is this the story about how Seattle just had underground streets for a while? Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they're rebuilding. They've opened all their businesses. Things are starting to flourish again. The gold rush is around the corner. Everyone's excited. So they decide to regrade and they refill in the streets. But, <laughs> okay, you'll do the hands. So they built retaining walls just in front of the entrances to the stores that go up about 20 feet. And then they fill in the streets with just dirt, just dirt, any anything they can, basically, except for wood. And they, <laughs> they fill it in. So you will walk out of your store into a retaining wall. Oh, this is the retaining wall hand. Okay. Good okay. visual. And it's like that. To cross the street, you have to go to the corner, climb a ladder... <laughs> Cross the street, 
go down another ladder <laughs> and then go into the store across the way. And it was like this for a very long time. <laughs> uh. So they finally found a budget to add sidewalks that were at, you know, a normal height for the roads. <laughs> Um, and for a long time, there was um, a well-functioning business district on both levels of Seattle. <laughs> that was until 1907 when they got very worried about bubonic plague and mm. condemned the underground part. Shame. Yeah. <sighs> so, so that's my story. <laughs> and I did it really fast. Yeah, you did. I'm very impressed. We have, what, two minutes Two, two, I have three, three wiggling fingers left. So <laughs> two to three, two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes, eight minutes. All right. Uh, so that means we've got just enough time for a what if they met. Although I don't know how that's going to work because there are no actual specific named people in these stories. Um, I have, I have um, the guy who started the fire. Ah, uh, yes. Ja- uh, John Back. John Back. Is his name? Um, I have Pope Alexander III who... <laughs> Sort of kicked this whole thing off. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I have so, Mr. McGow. I, I believe John John Beck okay. and Pope we'll Alexander the Third. I believe uh, I believe we have it. Mm-hmm. So we can cut around that. Uh, so on what on anachronismo we. <laughs> These are okay. emergency services, Max. Please wait your turn. Okay. Okay, fire engines, weird flex, but okay. <sighs> So on Anachronismo, we have a segment at the end of most episodes called What If They Met? And it has a very long uh, song before it. We have three minutes, so I'm going to sing a short, long song. Oh, thank you. What if they met? What if they met? Met, met. What if they met? They never met. But what if they met? Met, 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 met. What if they met? Yes, what if they met? And they never met. But what if they met? That's enough time to waste. Now I feel like I've done my due diligence. Ahem. What if Pope Alexander III, who banned I, barbers... Who banned I, I was mostly joking about using it. Let's just no, use I a generic... Oh. Okay. <gasps> so I neglected to mention this as I was rushing through the story. <laughs> Emergency services. <laughs> you know, they must have heard about Seattle. <laughs> Belated. Belated. <laughs> <laughs> too little, too late. Yeah. Cambridge fire trucks. <laughs> <laughs> too far away. <laughs> but I respect it. I think the Pope would have approved of John Back. Yeah. Because the fire that he caused actually had zero casualties. <laughs> no one died. And the Pope hates wood. Well, no one died, so no one bled out. Oh, I see, I see. That's, that's my point. I'm imagining, almost in this case, that this Pope is just like, hey, all right, we, we got to ban, blood is unsanitary, we got to ban our c- clergy from working on it. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of, like, let's just, Mix the timelines a bit. There is a bunch of bloodletting barbers in Seattle during the Great Barber Fire. Right. For the Great Fire of Seattle. Great Barber Fire. Great Barber Fire, whatever. All that hair just goes up. And they're like, oh my God, it's low tide. All the wood is burned down. Um, we're, We're out of water. What do we put this fire out with? And a whole... Blood Bowl Brigade, <laughs> just the entire town just comes up. And boy, and that Pope would have looked like an idiot. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for us tonight. We're going to make way now uh, and strike this table and chairs and microphones. So thank you all so much for uh, sitting here and listening to uh, three idiots talk about history. Uh, we hope you had as much fun as we did and that nothing near to us is burning down. Thanks.
Brought to you by Make Fun Network.